Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas, and I. Ho, 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 and a happy new year. <laughs> I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you? Hello there, welcome to I Miss You Man Christmas Special 2021. My name's Lonnie, I'm here with Dylan. How's it going, Dylan? Mate, it's the Christmas season, I'm merry as can be. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty good too. Uh, Dylan, what is I Miss You Man normally about? Well, normally, Lonnie, it's about you and me taking each other on a journey each week that could be anything. Could be life, pop culture, and everything in between. This episode, that journey is going around the North Pole, isn't it? It's Christmas time, and to celebrate Christmas, we've got Sine here. Sine, how are you doing? I am very excited. I love Christmas. I live for Christmas. It is the highlight of my year. I wish that you could celebrate Christmas 12 months of the year, really, because if I was able to, that's what I would do. I think, think it'll lose its appeal, though, Sine. It'd be like having steak every night for dinner. I don't know Listen, if you want that. You might be right. Maybe it's the fact that it is so limited makes it, you know, mm. precious and rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christmas spirit, you know. Absolutely. Now, for those who don't know, Sine is the co-host of my other podcast, I Only Like You in Movies. She is the you of that title. How many um, podcasts do you have, Lonnie? I've got two. Some would <laughs> okay. say there's two too many, but <laughs> we're getting there. Um, now, as you guys just mentioned, I've kind of come to accept that you both love Christmas more than you love me, um, but I sort of ha- I've had to deal with that. I'm okay with it now. Not worth mentioning, really. As long as you <laughs> accept it, then we can just all move on. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Dylan is famously the man who saved Christmas in Toowoomba. That's me. That's me. Some call me a hero. Who's to say they're right? <laughs> uh, so this is our, our second Christmas special. Before I miss you, man. We try to do something fun. Um, Dylan, this year, had an idea of talking about some technically Christmas films, so sort of films that are set in and around Christmas but aren't what you might call a classic Christmas film. Um, we, we liked that idea, but then we decided to narrow in on a filmmaker who kind of has taken that technically Christmas idea as a challenge and kind of as a, as a mantra, I suppose. <laughs> that is Shane Black. I'm guessing if you've clicked on this podcast, you have some idea of Shane Black's work. Um, he's a very successful screenwriter, a um, bit of acting in his past, but also director of recent years. He's one of the highest paid screenwriters ever, like millions and millions of dollars for his screenplays. Um, also, but not that very not very prolific either, especially in the later years. The last 20 years, he's only made a couple of films, um, but I guess when you're getting paid, you know, $3 million for a screenplay. You can take a few years off and it won't really matter for you. Uh, so he's known for his big budget action comedies. The buddy cop genre is very much his wheelhouse or just buddy movies in general. We've picked three films for his this episode, um, but others in his work 
uh, body of work include Nice Guys, Iron Man 3, and also the recent Predator reboot, which apparently wasn't very good, but I haven't seen Predator, so I can't comment. I Have you seen any realize. Predators? I haven't. I haven't. Mm. What was that's the name? I was just going to say, I didn't realise he wrote um, Iron Man 3. Mm, he directed it too. him has just plummeted to the Plummeted? Ground. Okay. Well, We're oh. below the surface of the earth. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, why is that today? Iron Man 3 was an abomination. Did we all just forget? Pepper's in a suit. Why is Pepper in a suit? She's a human. Why is she in a suit? And then there was that big fake out with, fake out with the Mandarin? Yeah, Mandarin, mm. yeah. Did we all forget that? Did we all forget how egregious <laughs> that was? Well, Dylan, what do you think of Iron Man 3? Is that one of your faves? Uh, yeah, yeah. I would say so nowadays. When I saw it initially, I didn't like it, but... I've definitely uh, done a, a 180, as the kids say. And <laughs> do they say that? And, oh yeah, all the time. Okay, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, I love it now. It's definitely one of the more unique Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels like one of the only ones that they're letting the director actually use their own style and have a bit of fun with it. Right. So maybe so now you need to have a second go. Maybe you'll do a 180, like the kids say. Mm. Disagree. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> what about that's, Well, that's my point. That they he was allowed to make the movie his own. Why are we arguing yeah. about this? Let's get one 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 of one one of Sinead, not the only. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> okay, well how how are you guys with the other films in Shane Black's body of work? Dylan, do you think you've got you're probably gonna cross most of them? Uh, I wouldn't say most, oh. but uh, d- I do love a few of them. Like I, I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Love Long Kiss Goodnight. He likes kisses in his title, I guess, right? I guess so. Now yeah. That I'm, now that I'm saying them out loud. <laughs> yeah. Loves a bit of smooching. And who oh, doesn't? Like. Do, who doesn't like doing a bit of a smooching every now and then? <laughs> well, you know, fair point. Fair point. Anyway, okay. let's get move past that. Let's go into the Christmas films for today. The movies we watched are Lethal Weapon, The Long Kiss Goodnight, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Now, Shane Black wrote all of these, and he directed the last one. Um, I have some quotes from him regarding his Christmas obsession later. Um, but I thought before we really get stuck into the movies, we should talk about Sinead and Dylan. You've had some criteria for what a Christmas movie is. Um this is a subject close to Sinead's heart because every year she gets really mad when people say Die Hard's a Christmas film. <laughs> I'm not sure if Dylan has an opinion on that, but we'll get to it. I'll see what her criteria is first, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> cool see how hated it gets. <laughs> and I've got some key ingredients as well for a, a classic Christmas movie. And I guess the distinction here is between a movie that might have a scene set at Christmas or might be set around Christmas, but... Can it be really called a Christmas movie if it doesn't have these things? Okay, Sinead, you're up. What do you got? Okay, here's what I've got. I have a list of criteria which are like regular things that bump it up the list, maybe one or two notches if it contains them, right? So that includes like having carols in the soundtrack, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having a scene around an Xmas meal, so maybe like a dinner or a lunch, set mm. at Christmas time. Gift giving features Santa in some way, mm-hmm. and you have decorations in the house. So I reckon all of those bump up movies on this like ladder, right? 
But my two big non-negotiable criteria for a Christmas film. Number one, the narrative must in some way deal with the meaning of Christmas or the Christmas spirit. That has to be a central theme. And my second non-negotiable criteria, I think it has to be weird to watch it at any other time of the year. <laughs> like, I'm not pulling out Arthur Christmas in April, am I? No. That would be weird to do, the same way as it would be weird to listen to Jingle Bells in April. Okay. I think I'm onto something here, guys. I, I think you're onto something because that's covered nearly everything I've got here as well. Dylan, you're the wild card. Well, I'm a little bit more lenient. I've only got a few rules. So in regards to having carols on the soundtrack, I only need at least one, nice. just one. Okay. That'll do me. <laughs> Majority of the film has to be set around Christmas time, doesn't necessarily need to feature Christmas Eve or day, just has to be within the Christmas season. And the characters have to reference Christmas at least two times. Mm-hmm. So you've got, instead of the Bechdel test, you've got the Christmas test. Absolutely. For sure, for sure. And can I say, Sinead, mm. what about Nightmare Before Christmas? That can be watched at Halloween. I don't think Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas film. Mm. It's that a Halloween hurts. film. It's a Halloween film. It's, it's all about Christmas Halloween. Christmas in the title. It doesn't have Halloween in the title. But it doesn't feature any Christmas. That's Christmas it does. It doesn't. It doesn't. It does. It, doesn't. it does feature Christmas. How, how does it feature Christmas? It's all it's about, about Jack Skellington. It's about Jack Skellington learning about the existence of Christmas and how great it is. <sighs> We're off to a great it's, start, Lane. It's both. It's both. It's both. Can we watch either or? Hmm. That might need another rewatch for me, I think, during Christmas time to see if it counts. I'll be the judge here. <laughs> <laughs> Says who? Says me. <laughs> and my friend Santa. No, I think I think you've um, hit on some really good areas there, guys. I think that's what I would say as well. And that that's that point about you know, like interrogating the meaning of the season. I think that is quite quite um, key for this discussion because the films that we've got here to talk about have some of those elements, but they're not. I wouldn't say they're about Christmas in that sense. Like Santa's not there. It's not about a family coming together for Christmas or giving presents. All those things are are, they're sometimes apparent, but they're not the main reason, are they? No, no, definitely not. Um, the other thing I think we said today is that you have to watch it around Christmas, or otherwise it's weird. I think that's true. I looked through these films to see when they were released, because I think one of the reasons, another key ingredient, is maybe when the film is released. If it's released in like November or December, originally, so it's for the Christmas season. Oh, interesting. That's so a good so one. you're counting that's a good date one. of release. Well, I think I think that can be a factor. Like mm. that's why Happiest Season was released, you know, in November last year, wasn't it? Because yeah. for the Christmas season. Um, Lethal Weapon was released in May. So Oof. yeah. And the other two released in October. So that's kind of approaching, I suppose, but not quite. Well, if they're released in October, they'll stay probably until the Christmas season. Potentially. I'd say. Except Kiss Kiss Bang Bang only made $15 million worldwide. Oh. Yeah. Hurts to hear that, doesn't it, Dylan? Well, didn't Long Kiss Goodnight not make its budget? Didn't even clear its budget? No. It it had a budget of... No, it had a budget of 65 and made $95 million, so... But... Oh, okay. Yes. With, with all the advertising and stuff, it probably didn't make it back. No good, no good. Poor yeah. Shane Black. It's very hit and miss, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, he still gets lots of money. That's probably why he's not so prolific these days. Let's talk about the films. Sinead, I thought you might take us through Lethal Weapon first. What's it all about? Sure. I just want to preface this, now we're getting into the films. Mm. I'm not going to discount them out of hand, Dylan. I'm going to consider each film on its own merits. I'm going to apply the criteria. I'm, I just want you to know I'm coming to this with an open mind, okay? Okay, okay. okay. Well, <clears throat> as we go through each one, give me a rating as a Christmas movie and as a normal movie. Sine. Oh, God. Okay, we'll see how we go. Uh, also, right, so... I'd like to say, Sinead, that we'll talk about spoilers throughout through these, so if you're wary of spoilers for 1987 Lethal Weapon, <laughs> just keep that in mind. Hey, maybe there's someone. Yeah. Okay, so Lethal Weapon... Interestingly, I think it's the strongest case you've got here for a Christmas film amongst these three. Mm. So we have Mel Gibson, m- mulleted Mel Gibson. Well, the hair was awful. It's glorious. Oh, it- <laughs> you're wrong. You're wrong. Um, wait, who's the other guy in Lethal Weapon? Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Um, and it's a buddy cop film, I guess. Hmm? And they're trying to figure out a murder and what happened. Mm. And it's set at Christmas time. It almost doesn't matter what the crime is, does it? No. The film doesn't really care too much about it. It's just sort of happening in the background to these characters sort of bouncing off each other. Yeah. So here's here's my thoughts around whether it's Christmassy or not. You do have carols over the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jingle Bell Rock, isn't it? I believe so. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. The first fa- frame of the film proper, she's nude. And I just think that's not the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> I don't know if a naked lady snorting cocaine off her coffee table and then jumping off a balcony is Christmassy. You know? Mm. You know, Christmas has different meanings for everyone, Sine. Um, (laughs) Are you just saying for her it meant doing drugs and being nude? I mean, if that's how she wants to celebrate the season, (laughs) you know, who who am I to judge? I feel like Shane Black doesn't mind a bit of nudity. Like, there's a little bit that comes up a bit. Loves a good guitar riff or a sax solo in his soundtrack. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Made the same joke in both Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Long Kiss Goodnight about the gun being in the guy's underwear. I Yeah, I picked I up on that. It's literally recycled the same line. Yeah. So. I mean, if it works, it works, you know? <laughs> Self-plagiarism isn't plagiarism. I mean, I guess so. So the other thing Lethal Weapon has going for it, they say Merry Christmas to each other. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where a gentleman is drinking eggnog. Points for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the opening really makes it a compelling candidate for a Christmas film. But I don't think that the the central narrative doesn't deal with the Christmas theme at all. It bookends with a Christmas dinner. There's gift giving. I'll give you that. Like I said, this is probably the closest out of the three that borders mm-hmm. that line. Mm-hmm. But for me... It's not weird to watch Lethal Weapon at any other time of the year. And two, the meaning of Christmas or the Christmas spirit. Where's that? So for me, it's not a Christmas film. But it comes closer than most. Okay, okay. I'd argue there's a bit of Christmas spirit in there. 
all about, you know, getting together with your fellow man, uh, acceptance of each other. Uh, they learn to love each other and they become family at the end, Sine. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. Now, granted, it probably wouldn't be weird to watch it Hmm. at different times of the year, but I think that's really the only thing holding it back. Well, I would say that I didn't even know Little Eleven was set at Christmas until we looked into this Mm. for this series, so that shows you how much it's a Christmas movie in in the wider context, for me, anyway. Dylan, what's what's your final verdict? Do you think it's a Christmas film? Yeah, I think they're all Christmas films. I'm easy. Yeah. I've got the easiest criteria out of everyone. <laughs> I was ticking off the boxes as we went, and it was pretty much after the opening. We were pretty much three yeah. quarters of the way there. <laughs> i got a quote here from Shane Black, which I think is um, important now. I asked him why he always has Christmas films, Christmas in his films, and he said that Christmas represents a little stutter in the march of days, a hush in which we have a chance to assess and retrospect our lives. I tend to think also that it's just informers as a backdrop. So I think that's interesting um, in the sense of, in this film, Christmas serves as a counterpoint between Mel Gibson and Danny Glover's characters. So Mel Gibson's lost his wife recently and he's living in a trailer with a dog and a TV, basically, while Danny Glover has a whole family, um, got a wife. If he hates her cooking, which I was like, mate, She's giving you all these hot meals every day. Why are you being such a dick to her about it? Because it's the 90s and we want to make sure we're as misogynistic as possible. I mean, if it's shit food, it's shit food. I mean, what's he, <laughs> what's he supposed to say? Well, just, you know, don't, don't make a big thing of it. She's doing her best, you know. I don't see him cooking, you know. If he's going to complain all the time, maybe he should, he should pitch in is what I'm getting at. Wow, that's true, yeah. that's true. Uh, but then, yeah, he's got the big family with the big house and decorations. So in that sense, I think Christmas does show the the contrast between the characters and then obviously, yes, Will Gibson is brought into the family and is there at Christmas dinner and things like that. So I think you're right, Sinead. It's the, probably the closest to a Christmas film and I'm thinking about why is Christmas in this film? I think it's got a bit more of a purpose other than like... I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I don't really see the point of Christmas in that film apart from mm-hmm. it's got to be set sometime in the year, you know? <laughs> so I think it's got a bit more going for it. I think we're all on the same page there. Um, I was just also talking about the film in general. I was I always love it when someone says they're tall for this shit. I, mean, I think it's great that this film started that. Um, <laughs> Teddy Clover. Mm-hmm. And he's 50. Like, that's not that old these days, is it? But was it really old back in the 80s? I suppose so. Wait, he was 50 when this was made. That's the whole thing. The movie, he turns 50. That's the first in the first bit of the movie. Runs oh, yeah, but Danny Glover himself wasn't 50, was he? I don't know. We can look it up. Oh, my goodness. I don't think so. Because he'd be old now then. Jeez. He was born in 46 and the movie came out in um, 87. 87. So he, was, he wasn't quite 50, but still. Okay. Okay, getting up there though. Jeez. Yeah. He was too old for that shit. He wasn't born. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Um, also I thought it was an interesting part of the movie where they talk about how men in the 80s are too sensitive like that's not something I would say now about the 80s and men in general <laughs> Is it's always just like an anxiety I think people have about this generation is getting soft or something you know mm. and that seems like it gets repeated throughout history doesn't it I think probably compared to like the 50s and that men probably were more sensitive in the 80s I yeah, guess I just so. by default yeah yeah 
Yeah, so did you like the movie just as a movie apart from the Christmas sort of lens I looking did. at it? I'd seen a little bit of it when I was younger. Um, the main memory I have is that there used to be a lethal weapon roller coaster at like Movie World or Dream World. Oh, and my dad yeah. and my sister rode that once when we went there. That's like as much as I knew about it. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a really great buddy cop film. Good action set pieces. The landing of the helicopter on the car. Mm. Awesome sequence. Like really practical effects and um, compelling narrative, I thought. I... The little battle, the little the little karate slash taekwondo <laughs> battle in the front yard. Um, when that happened, I literally looked around me thinking I was being punked. Like, what? So he goes to arrest him and says, "Actually, no. We're gonna we're gonna do martial arts against each other, and all the cops are just gonna circle us and watch. They're not gonna like arrest this criminal. They're not gonna shoot him. We're just gonna do a little taekwondo battle in the front yard." It's it was so mad. awful. <laughs> no, I was mad. It was sick as. Loved it. <laughs> oh my God. That was so bizarre to me too today. But did people in the 80s accept that? Like, yeah, this is how movies go. This is totally normal. Well, what else did they have, Lonnie? <laughs> and everyone, everyone was on cocaine, so they would have been loving it too. I guess so. I guess so. Um, I just want to also mention the, the kid at the dinner table doing the beatboxing. Oh, yeah. Awful. It's the worst beatboxing I've ever seen in my entire life. Well, they're a child, Lonnie. No. They, they are. Don't give me that. <laughs> if you're going to beatbox them, maybe do it well, you know. Fair enough. But the charm comes from that it's bad, Lonnie. Is it intentional, was it, uh, Dylan? Intentionally oh, yeah. bad. I, I think so. I think so. No one said, wow, you're so talented, kid. You should do that in public. <laughs> you know, they knew. All the adults knew. I guess so. I think if, if, if my niece or nephew was beatboxing and they were terrible... Yeah, what are you going to say? You're going to like, oh, fuck off. That's awful. No. Shut your mouth. Get you wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't. Not to their face anyway. <laughs> I'd tell some <Sine> later. <laughs> You'd bag me out on the podcast. Uh, yeah, look, for me, the, the films kind of go in order that we're going to talk about them, so... I didn't, I didn't love Little Eleven, to be honest. Really? Why was that? I just thought it was kind of, it was okay, but a bit basic. And well, it's a bit cliche. Mm. But maybe it started the cliches as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You have to understand yeah. the time it came in. Like so many things have been based on Lethal Weapon and, mm. and paying homage to it. I think this was one of the OGs. Yeah, I, I did like the fact that like it was, in some ways it was just a buddy cop movie, but they also... It's pretty dark in some places and obviously lots of elements about him being a, a Vietnam vet and that screwed up his whole entire life. Mm. Um, that was kind of interesting exploration of, of that. Uh, I did like the sequence where he, he um, gets the guy, he's the jumper off the building and they jump off together after he um, handcuffs him. That was kind of fun. But it, it is interesting. One more thing that I noticed, when they're talking to the kids and trying to interrogate the the black kids and they're like, Oh, don't go with the cops. They'll just shoot you or whatever. It's like, Oh, yeah. these black lives matters didn't just start in 2020. Did it? It's, it's been there forever. And it's just sort of erupted last year. So it's funny to see that sort of thing in a movie from ages ago for me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'll say with the cliches, the, the bloody score, the twangs of guitar and sax, that's the score. 
I mean, I've heard that so many times in parodies over the years. It was, like, mm. hard to take it seriously in the actual film itself. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I do love a bit of sax, though. It's Eric Clapton, I mean, isn't it, who does the guitar riff? Oh, really? Really? I believe so. Mm. Do, you, do you watch all the credits today in every movie? I'm pretty sure it was in the opening. Thing. Yeah, I think I saw that name too. And also I recognised his style a little. Yeah. Damn. Apparently he's, he's a weird guy in real life now. He's like an anti-lockdown person. Oh, well, that's Pro, Pro-COVID, I suppose, yeah. Pro-COVID. <laughs> that's what they have, um, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, that's space, yeah. <laughs> we have to put him in a box. Yeah. yeah anything else we want to say about the flipping guys? Or should we move on? Um, what was Mel's accent? Yeah, is that weird period in his life and his acting career where you're not quite sure where he's from, hey? Yeah, it's like probably 90% Australian and 10% American, I would mm. say. Mm. Yeah. But but I guess it was charming enough that they just didn't bother to ADR it or <laughs> anything. Well, it was his early days and everyone was like enamoured with him, I guess. This yeah, thing. they were like, that's oh, the road warrior. Can't, mm. yeah. can't bloody ADR him. No. <laughs> it's, um, it's funny that... Not funny. Sad that he's obviously had all these major issues in his later life because he's actually quite a good actor and director, mm. Mel Gibson. It's a shame it worked out the way it did, isn't it? Well, on the comeback, Lethal Weapon 5, hey? Yeah, he's going to direct it, apparently. Yeah, absolutely. They're trying to get Joe Pesci back, apparently, but we'll see. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> But Danny Glover at that point is definitely way past being too old for that shit. If he was old back then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was more than like 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. 25, bloody hell. Mm. Dylan? Yes? It was your choice to bring us the long kiss goodnight. Yeah, that's so I right. I thought maybe you should bring us, take us on that journey now. What's it all about? Uh, mate, the long kiss goodnight, it's basically Gina Davis... The incomparable Gina Davis, may I say, plays an assassin who, during a mission, gets amnesia. Now she thinks she's the fake identity that she was using on that mission for eight years, I think it was, mm. uh, until some events unfold in the plot, as they tend to do, <laughs> and she remembers the killer she used to be. And this is all with the help of P.I. Mitch Hennessy, played by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> it seems like it's one of your fave movies. Is that true? Oh, mate, 100%. One of the best Christmas movies ever of all time. Okay, that's an early claim there, Dylan. You're saying it's a Christmas movie. Sine yeah. hasn't given us the the go-ahead yet, so... Sine, verdicts, please. Not a Christmas film. Ooh. Why? Ooh. I don't think it deals with the meaning of Christmas. It's a spy movie. That's right, that's right. The meaning of Christmas is accepting your family for who they are and accepting yourself and then coming is that, together. Is the meaning of Christmas, Christmas accepting yourself? <laughs> I mean, I if, you, if, you, if you don't want to accept yourself at Christmas, then that's your business. But I'm just I, saying I don't think that's the central... That's not what I mean when I talk about, like, the spirit or meaning of Christmas. Well, I mean... Well, that's, uh, that's, that's very gatekeeping of you, Sinead, I feel. <laughs> The meaning care. of Christmas can be I'm, whatever anyone wants. I'm bloody Gandalf saying this <laughs> shall not qualify as a Christmas film. <laughs> shall not pass into the, the actual exactly. of Christmas movies. I On that really Balrog tearing that bridge down, Sine. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you keep going. Did you have other other things you wanted to say? No, I just wanted to barb you. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually really enjoyed the film. Oh, Gina yes. Davis is a bombshell. Like, she, oh amazing, my God. right? Hello. Amazing. <laughs> I struggled a lot with the misogynistic portrayal of Samuel Jackson's character. It kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. I wasn't really yeah. here for it. I mean, he does get called down on it in film, to be fair, by Gina, when he, like, uh, basically, like, nearly veers them off the road looking at a big breasted woman. His final words in the film are about, like, tricking women so he can sleep around. (laughs) He goes, I'm Frank. He's on Larry King, and he goes, I'm Frank and Ernest with women. In New York, I'm Frank, and in California, I'm Ernest, or something like that. It's funny, though. But she doesn't get called out on it then. Just, just charming, just charming talk show talk for for the nineties. <laughs> Unacceptable now, but you know. Yeah, I'd, I'd say on that that I think his character is is sexist at times, and she calls him out on it like that. You could say that's okay, but like, why even have that in the in the first place? Like, why does she that's have to be the cool girl having to go along with it all? You know, he's a flawed character, Lonnie. Yes, but, well, but also, but also, she tries to sleep with him at some point, and he's just like, "No, no way, I don't like this." So he's not a total pig. Yeah, I guess so. That, that's that's a, a small win for him, I suppose. But I don't know. I think what I'm responding to is that, like at times, you can have characters who are sexist, but it sometimes felt like the film was being sexist. It's kind of a little bit different thing Ooh. to me, you know. Okay. Um. Good movie, though. I didn't love it as much as the next one. I've got to say that. I'm kind of on, I'm not on the same page as you guys so far. Oh, that's a shame. What didn't you say... like about it? I mean, it's okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for expanding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mind it. No, I'm, I'm responding. Like, Gina Davis was, was terrific as well. I think maybe the it just felt a bit generic, all the spy stuff and... Um, like I, I liked the buddy stuff more than I liked the the spy stuff, and I felt like that was a bit rote, and they didn't care too much about that. It was just a means to an end to have these two actors have a good time in the buddy movie. The rest of it didn't feel quite as engaging for me. Mm. That's interesting. I mean, I will say we open on a on a Christmas parade, and they're singing a Christmas carol. Mm-hmm. But again. I think it's just set at Christmas and because that's only one of the criteria, I don't think it can really qualify. Like, do they even say Merry Christmas to each other, Dylan? Uh, it's said once, so. Was your criteria once or was it twice? I think you said twice. Or are you I didn't say. I didn't say they had to say Merry Christmas I said they had to reference it's Christmas. Oh, okay. I see. We'll, we'll check the tape, but okay. Which, well, which really can be as simple as Merry Christmas, but, you know, it can be <laughs> other things as well. You really know you're backing a winner when you have to, like, qualify your criteria <laughs> to make it work with whatever film you're talking about. I mean, I did that when I laid out the criteria and then people have misunderstood and misconstrued <laughs> oh, my words oh. and tried to turn lies against me so <laughs> sorry for trying to have us all get on the same page you know um yeah the movie in general apart from the christmas stuff i think oh, i will say this 
I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but it's making some good like move towards Christmas, like having the Christmas parade, for example. Um, and I guess the family side of things, like that's giving her a reason to go back to her family. It's contrasting her previous life as an assassin to her current life being a school teacher and having a kid for Christmas and stuff like that. So I mean, I'd agree with you if the family like came together at the end for Christmas dinner or something and mm. we faded to black or zoomed out the window, but we don't. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, no, that's, I think I'm with you there. Um, and I think this one you could watch any time of the year as well. I don't think it's a Christmas essential. I agree. Um, my mum would throttle me if I watched this at any time of the year other than Christmas. She Why? is adamant that this is a Christmas movie. It's her favourite Christmas movie. She loves wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Watch it every Christmas. And, it... yeah, sorry. I don't think there's anything – there's no Christmas tree. There's no, like – it's an action film. Yeah, yeah. Set it As all of time. these are. Yeah, that's right. Say that the, none of these are Christmas films or they all are. That's that's what I'm saying. No. This is Hallis. I'm sorry, but I'm going to disagree with you. <laughs> oh. I won't tell her your address, Sine, so <laughs> she won't come I'm after you in person. <laughs> Um, I just have some questions about this film for you too, though. Mm. If you could help me out, please. Um, do any animals get run over as much as deer do in film? Mm, no. Dogs? Maybe dogs. But deers get a bad run, don't they? They're always getting stuck. I did particularly enjoy the mechanical deer that they were using, whose leg just went... <laughs> uh, 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 uh. It was very funny to me. Yeah, it's that, the nineties. It was a different time, <laughs> and that to me, it looked like a set rather than an actual forest. That oh bit. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a set. <laughs> That's all right. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Um, do you guys worry about getting amnesia? <laughs> How do we know? Oh. Maybe we all have amnesia, Lonnie. Well, you can't prove that everything that's happened in your life isn't just a memory or a false memory. Hey. That's right. That's right. Well, I think false memory syndrome has been disproven, so maybe we should not. No, like someone's put a memory in your brain like a, in a sci-fi movie I'm getting at. Oh, like a, like a Matrix thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe. I think I worried about it more when Bourne was released. I was like, what if that happens to me one day? But then I remembered that I wasn't a spy, so that was fine. Unless that's what they want you to think, then, eh? Uh, it's, I'm, I'm good with that. 
I'm not that passionate about being a spy. You're buying to the narrative. I am. I'm taking the blue pill. As I never know which one's which. The red pill, blue pill. Red pill is change your life. Blue pill stay the same. Yeah, I'm taking the blue pill then. Okay. <laughs> um, I just wanted to shout out to my boy, Brian Cox. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> He's, he's in succession these days, but it's funny to think this movie came out like 95 or something, like six. He was already old back then. <laughs> well, speaking yeah, of and he's Born. Just stayed the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah, speaking of Born and, yeah, and X Men, the best X Men film he's in part of, so. Mm-hmm. X2. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dumb name, but, you know, yeah, so it is. Yeah. Isn't X2 X Men United or something like that? full title oh possibly no let's not let's not worry about it yeah um <laughs> it's funny you mentioned before Sinead and in dylan how much of a bombshell Gina davis is but did you think it weird they were trying to tell her she's frumpy and then at one stage she yes. says something like oh look at my fat ass i'm like um what you're <laughs> super like, super skinny you haven't got a butt really let's face it like what are you talking about lady it was such a thing like body image stuff was so horrible like in the 90s and early 2000s i remember reading like magazines and they were all about how shit you are as as a woman and how like oh you need to do all these things no wonder why we all have body image issues now that we've grown up but she's like the fittest person i've ever seen she's on the little mill with her arms up her biceps are like <laughs> comical I know. how how built she is like she's incredible she has but not let herself back, go at all. No, but this was back in the day when a size 12 was considered overweight, you know, like, and everyone had to be, this was like really skinny before really skinny yeah, Paris like Hilton days. Kate Moss sort of. Yeah, modeling, where you had yeah. to be, you know, and her, Kate Moss has a lot to answer for for body image. How she mm. said that, you know, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels and she just drank Diet Coke and smoked cigarettes and that was her diet essentially. Um, <laughs> and... I don't know. It's just really sad because, like, she's, what, a size 8 to 10? And she's like, oh, I've really let myself go. Oh, yeah, you totally have. Not. <laughs> she she may have meant she let herself go as, like, a lethal world-class assassin or something. I, mean, like, I would agree if... with that, except she referenced her ass. Yeah. Like, if she's like, oh, I can't run as fast because I'm unfit, maybe. But she's mm-hmm. like, I can't believe what you know, this woman's been eating to give me a fat ass. All right, fair enough. It's not on. Shane Black, I tried, but that convinced me. <laughs> uh, one further thing I'd say about this film as well, it's very funny and kind of, it's kind of sad as well, how the, like the president's like, okay, I'm going to cut the defence budget. Have you heard of a thing called healthcare? Like, that is not what happened in America today. Total opposite. They would just give everything to the defence and the army and the yeah. military and the CIA and stuff. It is it is not something that I think healthcare would be, like, given all the extra money to. Um, and I think it's supposed to be a joke in the film, I think, as well. But I was like, oh, yeah, you guys have not got better. Oh, I see your reading of it. See, I took that as... So in America, your employer can pay healthcare benefits to you. Mm. And I took that line as he would remove their healthcare benefits. Like he was sort of holding that over their head. Oh, I didn't right. take that as he's diverting money into healthcare rather than defence. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's I why they went on like... this bloody massacre because they were going to lose their healthcare. <laughs> well, 
well, listen, maybe they were right to do it because everyone in America, like, has yeah. millions of dollars in hospital bills because they don't have a proper, like, Medicare system. So, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> Much more personal in your reading of the film, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate any of these movies, but I, I feel like it it all sort of, yeah, felt a bit rote and sort of just hitting the steps. But I, I will admit that Samuel L. Jackson says this is his favourite film of his. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, that's what he said. But did he say that before or after Avengers and stuff, gentlemen? Yeah, he said it after. He put Nick Fury at number five in his favourite <laughs> roles. Really? Oh, shit. Okay. He, but then he put Mace Window as number three, so. Hmm. Can we trust him? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's funny to see that he's still a massive star, but Gina Davis isn't in as much these days, is she? Kind of. No. She was in Glow though. That was good back in the couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Stuart Little's mum, obviously. <laughs> oh, that's right. In one to three. What do you mean? Oh, that's right. It's one of her most iconic roles. <laughs> no, it's just like yeah, this is this classic action film, and then also Stuart Little. It's good. <laughs> How dare you? Are you besmirching her career? Because Dylan and I will come for you. <laughs> How dare you, Lonnie? All right, we do have them here, haven't we, today, so we can watch them the when you're disrespect. No, I like Stuart Little. I like the cat. What's the cat's name? The cat's name is Snowball. I'm just going to check whether it's Snowball or Snowbell. Oh. Ooh. Do you know Dylan? Nah, nah sure. I can't remember. Okay. I haven't watched him for a while, but I know I liked him. But did you hear that he originally was supposed to die at the end of this film? Yes, I did um, read that. But the test audience was not happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they changed it and now he lives. Didn't didn't someone said in the, in the crowd or something, one test audience, is you can't kill Samuel or something? <laughs> fair point. Absolutely yeah. fair point. There you go. I'm sorry to tell you this, Lonnie, but it's Snowbell, not Snowball. Ooh. Fake fan. You're a fraud. <laughs> oh, fraud. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to the last of these bad movies? Talk about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Some would say the best film, and they would be right if they said that, of this collection. Not true. Not true at all. Mm. What's your favourite one, Dylan, out of the three? Mom, Kiss Goodnight. Easy. Come on. And what do you love, Lethal Weapon, the most? I think so. Well, here we are. I Look think we us. all have a favourite. How can I be with, with two people who are so wrong all the time? <laughs> oh, hello. Oh. oh, police are coming to get you, Lonnie. <laughs> no, they're my friends. They come and they're like, where, where do we go? And I'll go like, I know where they live. Let's go find them. <laughs> all right. So tell me about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Lonnie. Why is it your favourite? It is a brilliant film. Mm-hmm. It is another buddy cop film, but the cops here are... One is a private detective and one is a idiot. <laughs> Criminal slash actor slash Robert Downey Jr. in his um, break back role. Just Robert Downey Jr., isn't it? Let's be honest. Seems like he just plays himself. But you know what? When you're that charming, you can get away with it. He plays himself in every film. Was this right in the period where he'd fallen off the wagon or was this... This is his comeback. So right. he'd had about uh, between five to ten years of... Struggles. Drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In and out of rehab and whatnot. And this is his first film back. And if we talk about the Avengers, etc., like we just mentioned, this apparently was well-received in Hollywood and John Favreau liked it a lot and said, that's my Iron Man. 
So without this film, we wouldn't have Iron Man, we wouldn't have the Avengers, we wouldn't have the last 15 years of Marvel. So thank you very much, Shane Black. Uh, maybe this movie shouldn't have happened then. Oh, okay. <gasps> Mr. Dylan. Marvel Hater's not logged on, has he? <laughs> Marvel Hater, one, two, three, four, that's me. That's my keyboard name. You know it. <laughs> Dylan, have you even seen Spider-Man yet, Dylan? No. Bloody hell. I'll see it next week, but that's the last straw. It's the last Marvel movie I'll ever see. Dylan, I don't believe you when you say that. You just say that to annoy me. Uh, hate Marvel, honey. What do you want? Oh my goodness. Anyway, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang has like a neo noir black comedy. It's it's just it's just a terrific fun watch. Um, Robert Downey Jr. narrates it, and he has this sort of he he talks to the audience like um breaks the fourth wall, and that was very astounding in 2005 when this came out and i think it still really works but also i guess maybe if you're not into that sort of thing it might grate on you potentially that happens to you guys not sure but yeah it's just like a hardball detective thing and robert Downey jr is um just sort of gets caught up in these criminals in in la the actual crimes don't matter too much and in the investigation it's it's kind of like all these films it's about the dynamic between the two main characters Val Kilmer, I think probably one of his last major roles, at least the last one that I really am hugely aware of. And one um, of his best. Yeah. I'll so say it. He's um Gay Perry. He's the private investigator. And for, I for sure thought there was going to be a reveal. And I, I seen this film like 10 years ago, a long time ago. I thought he tended not to be gay, but I think that, no, he's gay, right? That's that's how you guys read the film? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's gay. He said yeah. he was. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I thought there was going to be there was some reveal in this film that it turns out he just said that to get like publicity or people respected him more as a detective because oh. he said he was gay. But no, ah. maybe that's something else that I've just transposed onto this film. Um, so Perhaps. that's just me. It's just a bit of me <laughs> there for you guys. Maybe it got melded in your mind with that line where he was joking. He was like, nah, knee deep in pussy, but I couldn't shake the name or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Maybe. I think there's for sure another movie where someone pretends to be gay just because it gives them better publicity. But I can't think of it right now. Anyway, it's set at Christmas. I don't think it really hits many of the Christmas themes, though. What do you think, Sine? No. So out of the three, I think this is the least Christmassy of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. The points I had for it was that it, it there's a Christmas party, mm -hmm. but the Christmas party isn't one of those parties where you're wearing, like, light up reindeer ears, you know, and everyone's in like red or green or white. It's like a fancy party that just happens to be around Christmas time where they're having cocktails and stuff. Yeah, it's just a Hollywood party. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think the fact that it's set at Christmas time is its only thing. There's no decorations in the house. Like this lethal weapon had a tree and that was like mm. <laughs> relevant. Um, Michelle Monaghan's the only one who's wearing like a Santa outfit. Like, no one else is in costume except for her in her little mini skirt. Mm. Don't think it deals with the meaning of Christmas. There's no carols, no Santa, and I don't think it's weird to watch this at any other time. In some ways, it'd be weird to watch that Christmas for Christmas, I think. Yeah. I just don't. It's just, yeah, it's not the one. It's in, it's in the background for me. There is a little bit of him. He's trying to find the right present for his nephew or something, but that's very much background. It's not the main thrust of the film i don't even remember that in the first scene where he gets caught he's, he's robbing a robbing a store oh that's yeah. right yeah yeah so you can't remember it so it's 
potentially not a key Although element. Although I can't remember most things, so maybe we shouldn't use that as a reason. <laughs> um, Dylan, what are your thoughts on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? I mean, I loved it. I thought it was great, but yeah, not... I can't even stretch for the message of Christmas for this one. There really isn't one. No. Mm. So I think not a Christmas movie as well. I've come around. Wow. Wow. Did you like you liked it as a film though, Dylan? So now you're not so much. Well, I'd seen a bit of this before. For whatever reason, at my acting school they played some of this to show us. <laughs> like, oh yeah. For whatever <laughs> reason. No, Robert Danny I... Jr. Come on. Okay, sorry. I, I more mean that it wasn't contextualized in the class. It was sort of like watch this. <laughs> they just threw movie. it on. <laughs> yeah. You gotta work out what it meant. It very much had the vibes of a substitute teacher wheeling in that Ooh. like TV with the VHS and just chucking it on because he didn't want to do chucking on holes. <laughs> so I seen a bit of this. Um, I I understand. I find it interesting that it didn't make back its budget or didn't make very much box office because I've always heard of this film as being like one of the greats, you know, one of the mm. the exemplars of this genre. Um, Breaking the Fourth Wall, you're right, was so uh, innovative at the time and so engaging. So I didn't, yeah, I thought it was really great. Um, I haven't seen Michelle Monaghan in a lot of stuff when she was younger. I've only really seen her recently so mm. it was very interesting having her be the sort of blonde bombshell that we were leaving everything for so i don't know i mean i didn't mind it as a movie it's fine it's not my type of movie and mm. the homophobia i found really out of date yeah for, for me so now i think that some of that stuff was kind of like made me progressive for 2005 but looking back in 2020 yeah. One eyes, not so great. No, it just comes across really tone deaf, I think. Mm. Um, it's like attempts at like trying to make it make it cool, but just it comes off very badly for me. Yeah. And the other thing is I got a bit lost narratively. Like I feel like it was a bit convoluted about people framing him for doing the murder <laughs> and stuff. And mm. I don't know. I just, I didn't love There's it. There's a lot going on. Others. You have to keep track of a yeah. lot of stuff. <laughs> you, you need to try and keep track of it and sort of yeah, not be on the journey or just be on the journey and just trust that what's happening is happening and not really getting too involved in the details yeah and there are some great moments like just the thing about Shane Black is that you got these really interesting stories happening and sometimes they're more interesting than others but the the spark of the script I think is his real key was like that great scene where um, they're arguing Rob Town Jr. and Val Kilmer and Val Kilmer's like yeah, you should look up yourself in the dictionary. That idiot line. It's just really yes. funny. Yeah. I thought that was funny too. Yeah. So like, what do I see? A picture of me? No, you see the definition of an idiot. Which is what you are. Like just that sort of a, a twist on that. It just he's obviously a very clever guy. Yeah. And a lot of lot of writers sort of get stuck in stereotypes and cliches, but he soon breaks out from that and knows what he's doing. Yeah, his strength is um dialogue between characters, I would say. Yeah. Rather than overall plot itself. As we've seen three times in a row, what he likes is having two characters who hate each other at first and come to love each other over the series of action events happening around them. Enemies to friends trope. It's nice. Yeah. And the, the banter and the, the quips, that's what he's really good at. Yeah. So his first film was a director too, and I, I kind of wish we'd seen more of this style of film from him, just like a, a low-budget black comedy. And I guess Nice Guy is very much as a spiritual successor to this. 
But I wish we'd have more of it. Personally. Mm, get on to Shane Black. I will. I'll, give him, I'll ring him up. Tell him to stop writing and just keep directing. Yeah, I think you could do really well. Tell him tell him you loved Iron Man 3. <laughs> well, don't mind telling him what's nice here. Oh, yeah, Michelle Monaghan should be a bigger star, shouldn't she? I know she is big star, but she was very, very good in this, I thought. Have you seen Eagle Eye? Back in the day, yeah. She, she's an ad, is she? Yes. <laughs> Why bring it up, Lottie? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that, she's in that. that. That's what I was saying, yeah. Um, okay, anything else you want to say about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? It is Robert Downey Jr.'s favourite film of his. Isn't that funny? This is interesting. It's happened twice in a row here. Mm. The actors like it. I wonder as well, that's like, a good film. It's tongue-in-cheek and black comedy and all that, but also maybe because it signified him coming back into the mainstream and whatnot might be a good one in his, in his heart. Yeah, and plus, obviously, he just pretty much gets to be himself and mm. dick around and have fun. It seems like a fun movie to make, so... Yeah, for sure. And obviously, he and Shane Black must have got on because he got him in to do Iron Man 3 down the track, so... Oh, he did that, did he? Well, I, I don't know if it was him directly, but would have been a part of it, I'm sure. Yeah, he wouldn't have been opposed. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I think the best film, but not the best Christmas film here. Mm. No, I think that's. I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear the point you're making, Lonnie, <laughs> and I disagree with it. Goes <laughs> <laughs> oh, without saying. Everyone knows it's not true, but yeah. And I think if we go back to Shane Black's quote about having Christmas as a time you can sit back and reassess your life, looking back at these three films, Mel Gibson definitely doing that. Although I don't think he's really caring about Christmas too much, but maybe when he's seeing his new partner having a Christmas experience with his family is like oh shit that's what i'm not having anymore because my wife has passed away um Gina davis is i guess is making that comparison with her current life and her old assassin life and then they she sort of has to marry the two which she does successfully i forgot to mention the scene where the guy comes to assassinate her in her house and she just throws her daughter into the um <laughs> house. the tree house yes <laughs> amazing yeah how yeah, good. Yeah. Incredible. I really appreciated that film for all of its practical stuff. Yeah, like yeah. you could tell they set out little explosions and everything in a set piece. And oh. I just really enjoyed that. Absolutely. And the truck explosion at the end. Holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, and then I guess if you talk about Robert Dan Jr., again, the Christmas stuff isn't that apparent in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but he is taking stock of his life, looking back at his his failed career or lack of career and he's and he's he's told that monologue about he's never actually finished something and people are happy around him at christmas time so i don't think i said this before but shane black said that christmas is fun it's unifying and all your characters are involved in this event it stays within the larger story it roots it it grounds everything at christmas lonely people are lonely are seeing friends and family go by people take reckoning they take stock of where their lives are at christmas so where are your lives at this, this Christmas? Dylan, how's it going for you? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. You know, just chilling. It's going to be my first time hosting Christmas for the family, so should be exciting stuff. Oh, man, what are you, you going to make a big Christmas lunch? Uh, everyone else is just going to bring their own dish and we'll share. Mm -hmm. What's, what's your turkey. speciality? What's your speciality there? Oh, I was going to make ice cream for everyone. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's, that's right. 
Absolutely. I'm planning to do a maple bacon one. Ooh. Okay. I know. I know. I'm, I'm exotic. <laughs> <laughs> and Sinead, how's your Christmas going? Hopefully, it kind of depends, doesn't it, on yeah. world events? My Christmas is very dependent on COVID, so we will see. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for looking at these Christmas question mark films, guys. Any overall yeah. thoughts about these this experience? I'd, I'd like to just leave my, my ranking. I think Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, not Christmassy at all, really. Mm. Long Kiss Goodnight, starting to get there with some of those those elements. Lethal Weapon is the strongest case because you're right, Dylan, they do come together at the end. They give mm. each other gifts. They stay for dinner. They accept them into their family. I don't know. I, I'm... You've convinced me a little more than I was when I started. Okay, the so, so it's it's more it's more Christmassy than Die Hard. Is that what you're saying? Oh God, yeah. Ooh, okay, I'll take that. All right. Christmas and Die Hard is just a backdrop. At least Lethal Weapon, they talk about like friendship and they give each other gifts and they. I think they they engage more with the meaning of Christmas and being charitable to others. So. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I just think it's kind of a bit of a travesty that we've had four lethal weapons, but only one kiss, kiss, bang, bang. What would they do for a sequel? They could have, yeah, exactly. You have all sorts of things happening in LA, in <laughs> crimes, whatnot. You change your tune because normally you're like, just have one good film. Why do we need sequels all the time? Well, I'm just saying if we can have more of good stuff rather than more of bad stuff, that'd be good. Oh, right. More of the things that you like and less of the things you don't like. More of the things that are good, yes. That's what Yes, I mean. okay. <laughs> now, normally on this show, we have a little segment called Get Amongst It, where we recommend something we've been getting amongst recently. I thought this year for Christmas, we could do a Christmas special Get Amongst It. And that can be anything Christmas related, but probably a movie might be the most appropriate for this episode. Sinead, do you want to start us off? Sure. Well, this is a very difficult question for me because I love Christmas films. There's not a Christmas film I don't like, really. Um, I was going to do a show, but now you've said that I can't do that. You can do that if you like. <laughs> can I do a show and a movie? Absolutely. Dylan, what do you reckon? You need your final say here. Oh, my goodness. Fine. If you must, Sinead. Thank you. No, nah, I um... want to do that too. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I've had a think. I think what I'm going to recommend as my movie is the original Miracle on 34th Street. Ooh. That's a great nice. Have you seen it, Dylan? Oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. I put off watching this for the longest time because it's in black and white. It's a classic. I was like, I do like classic movies, but you've got to be in the right mood Mm -hmm. to sit down for Mm -hmm. one of them. Yeah. But what – it's just the most beautiful Christmas film. It's – I think it sums up the spirit of Christmas the best out of any Christmas film. There's a thing about whether the Santa's real or not and about, you know, whether we welcome people into our lives or not. It's it's really beautiful and I'm going to watch it again before Christmas this year. My TV slash series recommendation is Moody Christmas, which you can Mm. watch on ABC iView. It's still there. And I did partake in a little binge the other night. There's six episodes. They're 30 minutes each. I have never seen any piece of media encapsulate Australian Christmas like that series. Like everything you know about Australian Christmas, barbecue, backyard cricket, 
fights with your parents, weird <laughs> siblings who are asking you to do stuff. Like it's just so brilliant. So I would highly recommend that. The dad who's like, oh, I'm putting a pool in and it takes him like six years to put a pool in or, you know, there's a drunk uncle there who's being a bit awkward for everybody. Yeah, that's my job now. Is it? <laughs> you seem very keen to take up the <laughs> I'm just saying, Zane, I'm that guy now in my life. Okay. No, Dylan, if you haven't seen Moody Christmas, you should definitely. I would say it's the best Australian TV show of all time, not just Christmas related. Wow. <gasps> Rip neighbours. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I don't take prisoners when I make my comments here. So, so this, this is the hill you're dying on, Monty. Are yeah, you yeah, serious? Yeah, I'll be there. Up there. All right. Dylan, nice. what do you got to recommend for us? Uh, I don't know. As far as shows, I'm going to go with the theme of set at Christmas, not really about Christmas, with Dexter New Blood. Really loving that so far. I think it's... Perfect revival of the old series and also doing its own thing in regards to like style and direction and that. So and I'm really it, loving that. Does it have Christmas elements? Yeah, it's set at Christmas. Oh, yeah. cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's mad. Love it so far. Moxley Hall, mate. Good as he's ever been. Mm -hmm. He should never have left our lives. <laughs> okay. Wish he was in more things. All right. Um, as far as movies, again, sticking with the theme. Everyone should watch Batman Returns, one of my personal favourites. Is it a good movie? No. But is it a bad <laughs> movie that's so bad it's good? Yes, it is. Danny DeVito's performance in that is mind-boggling. It is insanity. <laughs> and I love every second of it. You got Christopher Walken just being there in the movie. Just you take that, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. I love his, his son, that is just doing a blatant Christopher Walken impression. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. And plus it's Michael Keaton as Batman, which a lot of people are on board for, including myself. So, mm -hmm. Not to mention Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, mate. A lot of people's favourite Catwoman. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Well, my get amongst it, I'm just doing a movie. I don't have a TV show prepared. Ooh. <laughs> And you sprung this on us, and we gave more. <laughs> you did gave more. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. My go-to Christmas film is Arthur Christmas. Um, Sunday mentioned it before. It is just terrific. It is the quintessential Christmas movie for mine. Every top time, three. Top three for you, Dylan. Okay, what else mm -hmm. you got up there? Uh, Elf. Okay. Nightmare for Christmas. Mm. All right. Let's move <laughs> on from that. I can see Sine getting mad. There's no this. point arguing with it because it's so concrete and correct. I agree. Keep going with Arthur Christmas. No, I just want to save you from getting your, your throat. Yeah, keep going. Keep going, with, keep going with Arthur Christmas. We all love my picks. What do you reckon <laughs> about Arthur Christmas, mate? Come on. Well, I just think it is a just a, hits all those um, key elements we talked about before about Christmas films. And it's the quintessential Santa movie, I think. Um, every time I try and, every year I'm like, you know what, this is the year I'm going to write a Christmas movie about Santa and do something different. It always ends up being a poor imitation of After Christmas and I give up because they've done it. They've done everything you would want to do with a Santa movie. Um, apart from maybe that idea that Dylan and I have for a Santa movie, which we'll get to later. <gasps> Hello. You know the one, Dylan. You, you, you're fan writing the Santa Claus for with Tim Allen. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> I'm not telling that, but oh. I mean, Sine likes the Santa Clauses, so. I do. All three. 
No, 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 not all three. One or two. <gasps> all, yeah, one, two or one bow. Well, one. Ooh, wrong answer. No. <laughs> Excuse me? Wrong answer? No. Yeah. Is that the one that he's, like, finding love and there's a doll? That's not interesting. What's interesting is him but, finding the clues of the claws um, in the Santa Claus. Sine, Sine, the best scene in all three movies is when he gives the teachers all their presents from their childhood. Listen, that is a great scene. <gasps> Hello. All right. That's all I need to hear. That's all right. The first two are better because they have cramp holes, don't they, Dylan? So. He's in two. Yeah, that's what they're better than the last one. Ah, yeah. No. We don't cramp holes dipped. One. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to say, guys, about movies and Christmas and whatnot? No. Just get amongst Christmas in general, I reckon. Hey, that's the Christmas spirit coming through, isn't it, Dylan? Hello. There he is. Hello. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to our Christmas special. We've had a great time making it and watching these films. I would recommend watching all these films. They're pretty fun. They're bad movies. If you've got a bad at Christmas time, once watch a movie, put one of these on, I reckon. Uh, if you can find them, because last night, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is on Netflix at the moment. Youth Weapon isn't streaming, but you can download it. Like you can rent demand. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, last night, what's it called? The last good night. Long, long kiss long good night. Kiss Jesus. Good night? All right. God. That's no, nah, not on. Not on. How dare you? The name. I didn't have it in front of me. Sorry. Nah. Uh, it isn't streaming anywhere, but you can be a bit creative and find it. I'm sure. It was streaming last year on Netflix. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. It just might be in a limbo at the moment. I'm Some, sure it'll be back. Yeah, they, they sort of come in and out sometimes. It's pretty popular, so it'll be back soon. Yeah. Um, this has been I Miss You, Man. We're on the socials, aren't we, Dylan? Which, which socials are we on? Mate, I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the World Wide Web in general with our own website, or even on YouTube. Got a couple of clips on there. And also, hello, every podcast app of your choice your favorite one we're there you better believe it exactly right Sinead if people like listening to you where should they go to find more of, of you um well you can listen to our other podcast that Lonnie and I do called I Only Like You in Movies that's also on all the podcast podcasting apps um I'm on Twitter that's probably the best place to find me if you want to talk to me but don't feel like you have to you know that's fine you don't have to <laughs> Okay, not compulsory. All right, it's no, good to know. No. And I'm not, listen, I'm not accepting Die Hard. So just, there's no point, save your words, save your energy. Don't type out a tweet to me. I'm not accepting it. Okay. You here first. Hold here first. <laughs> so they will not accept Die Hard as a Christmas film. You know what, I've noticed this year, there hasn't been much talk about love actually. Normally that takes over this time of year, but no one's really mentioned it, which is good, I think. Oh, do you not like it? No, like people complain each year about how bad it is, but I think it's good. But it just seems like for a long time there, people were having a fight every year about love actually being good or bad. In my household especially. Oh, really? Mum hates it. Gary and I love it. What? Why? She just doesn't doesn't gel with it. She thinks all the characters are pricks, which, you know, yes. But also, (laughs) it's about pricks finding the meaning of Christmas. So... Mm. There you go. There you go. All right, let's get out of here before we talk about every Christmas film ever. That'll be next year. (laughs) Oh, hello. All right. Until next time, Merry Christmas, ma'am. Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas, Sine. Merry Christmas. Sorry, I was trying to think of like a good follow-up from my one at the beginning, but then I panicked and just said Merry Christmas.
Ah, you, you said it all with Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's all you need to say. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 